Welcome to A Time for Healing with your host, Rev. Trudy Daly. A Time for Healing is the radio ministry of Triune Healing and Restoration Ministries. Our prayer for you today is that you would draw closer to the living God who provides healing, hope, and nurturance. Now, here's Rev. Trudy with today's message. Hello, and welcome to A Time for Healing with Rev. Trudy Daly from Triune Healing and Restoration Ministries. I'm glad you could be with me today. We're going to talk about a topic that not many people ever address, but one that very definitely influences our lives and the quality of our lives. We're going to talk about guilt and shame. The materials I'm using today are from Elijah House School for Prayer and Ministry. I had gone and taken uh, several courses from this ministry, and the materials that they provided us with have been excellent for sharing with you and hopefully helping you. Shame causes us to build walls of protection around our hearts and to hide from God and man. There are actually two kinds of shame. Shame that is actually really guilt. When we do something wrong and we know it, and are sorry for it, and repent for it. God has placed guilt in us so we will recognize we have done wrong and repent. It's something that is constructive. Shame, however, true shame, comes out of fear. Fear of being exposed, humiliated, rejected, abandoned, or someone discovering our real self. Shame is a lie that we tend to believe about who we are. Guilt says, I made a mistake. Shame says, I am a mistake. Shame is a deep feeling of uncleanness and wrongness, a feeling of inadequacy or that I'm just plain bad. Shame is a rejection of God's forgiveness based on feelings of personal unworthiness. It keeps us from feeling vulnerable, but it also keeps us from healing. The remedy for guilt is the cross, where God paid the price for our sins, and we can be free from them and the guilt of them. The remedy for shame is God's truth of who we are in him. Where does shame come from? It can be placed on us by others, especially primary people in our lives, parents, teachers, and other authority figures. If they are shame-based, their actions and speech will pass their shame onto us. Has anyone ever said to you, shame on you for something that you did? Probably we all experienced that when we were young. Or you should be ashamed of yourself. Those kinds of statements 
would definitely influence how we would feel about ourselves. Perhaps you had someone that was constantly comparing you to someone else, resulting in a cursing of your identity, that somehow you never measured up. People may say things about us, about our appearance, about our performance, about our values or acceptance, and these can imprison us and bind us to shame. I'm sure that uh, many of us grew up wondering, well, if this, if I was thinner, if I was prettier, if I was smarter, that somehow my life would be different. And this is the beginning of a sense of shame, somehow wanting to be something other than what we are. Sometimes shame is disguised in labels as people tease us, saying, oh, you're skinny, or oh, you're silly, and these can cause us to feel ashamed. Shame can develop through demands of performance and unrealistic expectations. Value and acceptance must be earned through performance, and they may not be age-appropriate. You may be seven years old, but what you are supposed to do can only be done by someone seven years older. This is what we mean by age-appropriate. Or unrealistic expectations, where you're held accountable for things that are beyond your control or ability. For instance, your mother tells you to take care of your younger brother, who never wants to behave, and you can't make him behave, but you're expected to. Some of the most severe shame we experience can result from physical or sexual abuse. The strong feelings that result from these are often not acknowledged or dealt with, and our image of ourselves is distorted. Somehow we blame ourselves for what happened to us, and we don't understand because these things often take place from someone known to us from within the family, and we don't understand why they would do this to us. And they often threaten us not to say anything or something bad will happen. And so we are afraid to say anything. And often what has happened in the past is that if a child tried to tell the parent, the parent wouldn't often believe it, which just compounded the sense of isolation and shame. Dysfunctional families generally force children into rigid roles, such as the scapegoat, the hearer, or the surrogate spouse. They do this to try to bring the family into balance. Perhaps one of you has been forced into one of these roles. Actually, one of the roles we didn't talk about is one of being the good child so that you cause no trouble. This is the role that I ended up playing in my family, so that you always were aware of everything you were doing 
and you were hyper-vigilant about everything you said and did. When this happens to a child, they begin to lose a sense of who they are. They are so busy playing this role that they begin to identify with it. And their sense of self gets lost. When parents are absent, either physically or emotionally, and children's needs are not met, they feel fear of abandonment and rejection and may believe it is their fault. Children may even begin to feel shame for having needs. Many families have rules to cover behavior. Listen carefully. A lot of these may sound very familiar to you. Don't have feelings, especially negative ones. Feelings are not important. Ignore your sense that something is wrong. Never question your parents and what they say and do. Image is everything. It doesn't matter what's happening on the inside. All that matters is how you look on the outside. And also, the unspoken rule is always compete and always compare. The next rule, be good all the time. Good is translated in this sense of being perfect. And so we have many people who are trying to have or be perfect so that no trouble is caused by them and they are accepted within the family. The next family rule that works to create shame is Ignore the bad things that happen. Don't rock the boat. Perhaps by now you've begun to identify with some of these things, but there are more. Some of the other rules in the family are keep the family secrets. Don't talk, don't tell, don't feel. Probably one of the rules that makes life difficult is that you're told never get help, that you're expected to do everything for yourself. You're also told don't trust anyone. And then find someone to blame when something goes wrong. Shame can also develop through generational lines. Shame keeps secrets hidden, unaddressed, and unresolved, passing from one generation to the next. And I can honestly say that because of the culture we raised in, up until recently, things like shame and emotions were not even addressed. As we've said in the past, in many families, um, children were never told that they were loved. And so it's only recently that parents are much more expressive of their emotions and much more ready to take a look at what are the dynamics that are going on in a family. 
in case you're wondering, probably most families would be diagnosed as dysfunctional. What happens when there are generational issues that the unhealed generation goes on to shame the next generation? And this can take place in many environments, not just families. It can take place in cultures. It can take place in corporations. When we talk about secrets, secrets can include suicides, homicides, abortions, incest, addiction, illegitimacy, public loss of face, financial ruin, poverty, or mental illness, or even common imperfections that no one wants known. All of these things happen within families. There is no such thing as the perfect family. And yet we often look at shows on television and see how parents and children interact and think that's the way it should be. And so what we've experienced in our families, we tend to think as normal. So when we get married and have children of our own, the rituals and the behaviors and the attitudes are carried into this new family. And then they're combined with the same issues from the other side, the other person in the marriage. And now you have two dysfunctional families creating another dysfunctional family. Cultures can also carry shame as can ethnic groups. I'm sure that we can recognize that from the people who were in slavery and came out of it, that there was a great deal of shame. That need, and this shame needs to be recognized and healed. There probably was also a great deal of shame that came out of Germany for what took place with the Jewish people there. And that the Jewish people also had a great deal of shame that they came out of the Holocaust with. Uh, my husband was a Vietnam vet. And when he returned, there was such animosity against the Vietnam War that he, as were other soldiers, shamed more than they were appreciated. And to this day, many of them have not overcome that sense of shame. What does shame do? Shame tends to bind our emotions, and we deny them. The emotions show that we're weak. When we get teased, we may cry. When we get yelled at or laughed too loud, we may get disciplined. Shame binds our needs and identity. We tend not to share our needs. And we also tend to not have a clear sense of who we are. Instead of feeling angry, we may see ourselves as an angry person. 
we may not see that we lose a game at sports, but that we are a loser. So to hide our pain, we develop defensive masks. And over time, it becomes harder and harder to distinguish between our true identity and the people that we think that we are. Shame creates strongholds and lies. What happens is if we feel shame every time we get angry, then this is going to continue. It's going to, the emotion of anger is going to automatically trigger a feeling of shame. So then shame is bound to that emotion and we sense it's not good and so we repress it. Lies can become our truth because of our lack of sense of worth. How does this play out in life? Well, you often hear people say, you're wrong, instead of what you did was wrong. Some of the fruits of shame are distrust. We tend to not trust people, and we were told never to get help, and so we tend to be more isolated, and we can become negative and critical because we don't trust people and we don't trust the love that people try to give us. Our thinking can often be black or white, but nothing in between. Some of the worst fruits of shame are the fears that we have. We fear expressing who we are or our own particular personality, temperaments, or gifts. And so we often don't grow and become all that we're meant to be. We fear any kind of risk, and perhaps even just plain living life. We always want to be safe. We don't want to be vulnerable. We often are afraid of authority because of what we've experienced as children, where we were shamed for what we did or what was expected of us that we couldn't do. We can also have fear of success as well as fear of failure. We, can, we fear change because we may be exposed for who we are. We fear being out of control because once again, people may see our real self and reject us. When we are shame-based, we tend to focus on ourself rather than on the glory of God within us or who we really are. We often tend to be prideful and arrogant and self-sufficient because this helps us to hide our shame. People who are shame-based have frequent bouts with depression or compulsive or addictive behavior because what is happening 
is deep within the adult heart is a child who was neglected. And there is a hollowness and an emptiness inside. And that emptiness is insatiable. And that's what causes addictive behavior or compulsive behavior. One of the other products or fears that we have is of isolation and of making friends. These are very negative fruits, and I'm sure that many of us have seen them throughout our lives. In fact, when I was preparing for this, I recognized that many of these things have been true in my life. And thank goodness, many of them I have been able, with God's help, to change. But if we're not aware that we're suffering from any of these, then we're not going to be looking to God to help us. Today, I want to call you to take a look at your family of origin and how you were treated in it. Were there shame-based behaviors in it? Were you respected or were you only accepted when you performed well? These are tough things to deal with, to actually have to take a look at ourselves because most of us tend to keep so busy that we don't have to. And so then we don't have to really deal with what's going on inside of us and change it. But we may come to that point in our lives where we recognize things are not working for us and we don't understand why. We have tried everything that we've done in the past to make people happy, to be accepted, to be wanted, and yet it's not working anymore. And the truth is, I think that God at times allows this so that we recognize that something's wrong, and that we begin to seek him and ask him for help. We need to ask God to show us when and how we have been shamed. Where did it come into our lives? We need to forgive those who may have caused the shame in our lives. They probably were shamed first and then passed it on to us, not even knowing that they were doing so. Are you ready to take a look at your behavior and if it's shame-based? Because if you are, God is ready and willing to help you. Ask God to help you change, to change your behavior change the way you treat others, and to find out what's really behind your fears. Healing is a journey that takes time. Choose to begin the journey. Be patient with yourself. God is faithful and will help you every step of the way. Do you want to know who you really are? and what you're really meant to be? Do you want to stop living afraid of being found out 
that you're something different than what you constantly are acting like? God wants to set you free, and especially from shame, because it's a lie. You were created in the image of God. You are valued and loved by him. You have a destiny in him that is perfect and wonderful, that you are meant to be all that he created you to be. Father, I lift up to you each person listening today. And if there is shame-based behavior or compulsive behavior in their lives, I ask you to help them to get in touch with the root of that and reject the lies that have been told to them. Father, fill that void that makes them feel so empty and unloved. Allow them to reject all the things that have been said and done to them that have caused shame. Father, they are precious in your sight. They are called and meant to be mighty and great people. Thank you, Father. Thank you for each person, and let each person choose this day to begin a journey of healing. Allow them to be patient with themselves and forgiving of themselves and forgiving of those who created the shame in them. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to A Time for Healing with your host, Reverend Trudy Daly of Triune Healing and Restoration Ministries. If you've been blessed by this program and God is moving in your life, please write to Reverend Trudy Daly, Post Office Box 333, Lexington, New York, 12452. God bless you, and please remember to tell a friend to listen to this program each month on the first Sunday of the month at 3 p.m. right here on this station.